This episode of the Up for Discussion podcast is brought to you in part by The Zombie Game, a brand new graphic novel on Kickstarter right now. A group of college students attend an end-of-the-year party only to find themselves hunted by the rich in a live-action zombie apocalypse video game. You can go to bit.ly slash zombies now to support them on Kickstarter and find out how you can get The Zombie Game. This episode of the Up for Discussion podcast is brought to you in part by Whiskey Lane. Launched in Kelowna, BC, and now expanding to Montreal, Whiskey Lane is on a mission to share their obsession with quality food and drinks with growing audiences by keeping the best local flavors on their minds and on their tongues. No matter what your business needs to grow, Whiskey Lane knows how to make it happen. Whiskey Lane, bringing long lines to the producers of specialty food and drinks. Go to whiskeylane.ca to find out more. And that's whiskey the Canadian way without an E. Hi, I'm Tom Zalatni, and you're listening to episode 320 of Up for Discussion, a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Look, everybody loves watching cooking competition shows, seeing professional chefs go head-to-head using limited ingredients with intense challenges and set amounts of time, watching them whip up brilliant dishes under pressure. But what if a culinary competition show eliminated the chefs? What if we pitted the foods themselves up against each other, round after round, to determine the best food of the year? This is that competition. This is Munch Madness. Before we dig in, I want to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where I'm recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. I want to encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities of that area. Today, we're wrapping up the quarterfinals and finding out which two competitors will be moving forward to the semifinals. Our first matchup is between 2nd seed garlic and 10th seed dumplings, and our second matchup is between 3rd seed pies and 6th seed pizza. Will last year's runner-up continue to power through, or will we face another upset this week? And which delicious, crusty vehicle for infinite toppings and flavors will make it to the semifinals? I know who I'd vote for were it up to me, but it's not, at all. I have no say in any of this. I'm just here to run the show. Every week here on Munch Madness, I call up two guest judges to defend their favorites. If we get a tie, I call up a third surprise judge to break it. Let's get into it. So the first person phoning in to vote on this pair of quarterfinal matchups here on Up for Discussions Munch Madness 2021 is someone who longtime listeners of the show will know and recognize and probably miss having around as often as they used to be around. My, I I don't want to say former co-host, but my co-host on hiatus for a bit as the world is kind of a shambles, uh, the one, the only, Jeremiah. Hey, what's up, everybody? <laughs> Welcome back. How you doing? I'm doing. I'm doing. You know, it's a year into being stuck at home. But, like, I'm doing better than I was, like, three months ago. So that's something. That is something. You know, I I think that life is a series of measuring short-term growth. Right. You know? 
That's how you stay sane. Exactly. If I if I had to make sure that I was constantly seeing huge growth in my life, I would not still be a podcaster after five and a half years. That's very fair. Well, uh, of course, you know why you're here. We're here to vote on the uh, the last of the quarterfinal matchups uh, for this year's Munch Madness. Now, I don't remember offhand i know you were around for like all of munch madness last year so i'm pretty sure that at least a couple of the competitors in this episode's matchups are ones that you had strong feelings about last time around Uh, but i think that the other two were not in the competition at all last year so it'll be interesting to see how that kind of changes things or if it does at all well it's definitely different matchups so (laughs) i will feel strongly about potentially different items in the matchup than last year so we'll see all right, well, let's get straight into it. The first of our quarterfinal matchups today is between second seed Garlic, which was last year's runner-up, and 10th yep. seed Dumplings. What do you think? Dumplings is only 10th seed? That might influence how I vote, to be honest. Okay, okay. What are you thinking? <laughs> okay, first of all, this is a ingredients versus like actual food items, like dishes, is just unfair. Because mm-hmm. it's like, if the question is, you have to eliminate one of these from your diet entirely like okay i'm gonna choose garlic because it goes in everything i literally just like always have a jar of garlic confit and garlic oil in my fridge sure i I go to the grocery store i buy like 10 bulbs of garlic at a time and just roast them in olive oil and then i'm like i'm set i can use this in anything but like dumplings Mm. me and my current partner actually on our first date we went to get dumplings and then we decided we were going to try every dumpling place in montreal Obviously, we can't do that right now, but, like, dumplings are a foundation of my relationship, so, like, they get bonus points. (laughs) My partner's laughing at me. And, like, dumplings are one of my, like, depression foods where it's like, okay, you can have a bag of frozen dumplings in your fridge, and if cooking your dumplings, like, putting them in the steamer and then, like, frying them up a little bit so they're crisp and mixing your little, like, soy sauce with your chili oil with your sesame oil, like, it feels like you actually did something in the kitchen. You can throw a little cilantro on there and you're like bam I cook whereas like <laughs> throwing chicken nuggies and smiley fries in the oven for your depression meal just like doesn't have the same effect and like dumplings are like relatively healthy there's usually like meat veggies so as much as I love garlic I think I'm gonna have to go with dumplings for this one okay you know my what? partner was so surprised <laughs> <laughs> I mean you know what fair enough I uh I try not to give my my own opinions away to my my judges until they've cast their votes because I don't want to sway you in any way but like honestly like I get that like I mean also I have a garlic allergy but like despite the fact that you can put garlic in everything (laughs) dumplings are still like they're such a beautiful thing they they are so so versatile yeah exactly right and like every culture has its own version of the dumpling right I was like depending on how we're defining dumpling like is ravioli a dumpling I think so is a steam bun a dumpling I think so no. Is <laughs> My, a Pop-Tart a dumpling? I mean, if we're stretching the definition, it could be. <laughs> right? <laughs> right, exactly. Almost like, as much as I love garlic, I think I also might have to cut down on it. Because, like, I don't know if you've heard of, like, low FODMAP diets. It's for people who are, like, have IBS or whatever. Okay. And, like, I love garlic, but anytime I eat, like, a garlic-heavy meal, I'm just like, I'm going to die. That's so, interesting. That's- may have also influenced my choice. <laughs> yeah, because I, I definitely, like, I haven't been diagnosed with a garlic allergy. I just, you know, have noticed that when I eat mm. garlic, I tend to feel bad afterward. Um, mm. And, like, I 
have also suspected that I maybe have IBS. Again, not a thing I've been diagnosed with because it. I didn't have a family doctor from like 18 to like 27, and I just oh, got see, one. Dude. Yeah, like I just got oh, one this past year. Patients, I need a doctor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, that's it, right? Like I was on the wait list for a couple of years, and like yeah. I finally have one, and I was like, okay, I want to deal with my mental health stuff first, and then I'll work on my digestive issues. Um, and you know, we're in a pandemic, so it's like not exactly the time where I want to be like ordering allergy panels and shit because like yeah. it doesn't feel urgent you know um but like i think like digestively like yeah you know so so maybe maybe i'll have to look into what did you call it a low fog diet odd map i can send you info on it also sure. you'd be surprised how linked your digestive health and your mental health are especially from like a holistic medicine point of view mm. what does fodmap stand for i don't remember fair enough <laughs> <But>. <laughs> I have I, the oh, here we go. Fermentable oligosaccharides, disaccharides, monosaccharides, and polyols. So, uh, short chain carbohydrates and sugar alcohols poorly absorbed by the body. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Also, another thing with garlic I've noticed and why I confit it is it's like the more cooked it is, the less it bothers me. Yeah. So, if I like roast the shit out of it and then put it in things, I'm fine. But if I just like dice it and throw it in the pan, I'm like, Ugh. so. You know what? This this is this is something I've maybe like not like I haven't named this yet but I think that that's true of me too because like the thing that hits me the hardest is um like Lebanese garlic sauce which like is the garlic is just raw and like blended into you know yeah. oil and which whatnot is, but you're like ooh. yeah uh whereas like if I put like a couple cloves, cloves of garlic in some pasta sauce it doesn't really hurt me yeah huh okay See? audience it helps to talk about your health with your friends yeah collaborative <laughs> approaches come on I gotta say, (laughs) I was hoping, I was hoping that FODMAP was like an actual word instead of an acronym. I'm a little disappointed. Uh, no, it's an acronym. (laughs) Medical mumbo jumbo. Yeah, ain't it always. Well, hey, that is exciting. I, uh, I'm always like a little bit rooting for the underdogs, you know? Oh, me too. I'm an underdog myself in many ways. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It's like, you know, if I've got to have like, if I'm the 10th seed in life, then maybe I should vote for it. (laughs) Right, I'd like to think some benevolent voting gang would be like, I see you, little guy. Come on. <laughs> I'll wrap you up in some dough and steam you. Make you cozy. <laughs> Honestly, I would love that. Uh, it really does sound like, like, dumpling is such a nice, like, term of affection in my mind because, like, <laughs> yeah, like, a dumpling is so cozy and warm. And, like, yeah, please, like, let me sit in a little sauna and then, like, rip a part of my head open and dip me in something. I don't know. Drizzle me in sesame oil, stick me in the sauna. Yeah. Perfect. Fry me. <laughs> uh, all right. Fry me. <laughs> um, well, speaking of things that are stuffed with other things, let's move on to our other quarterfinal matchup, um, which is between... Uh, segues as ever, Tom. Thank you. Thank you. I do what I can. Uh, so the uh, final quarterfinal matchup is between third seed pies and sixth seed pizza. There's a word that's hard for me to say. <laughs> I'm sorry, but the underdog is not getting my vote on this one. I pies, hand down, pies, 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 pies. <laughs> I love pies, pies. Like they're similar in their versatility. Like you can put literally anything between some flaky pastry dough in a pie tin and be like, it's a turkey pie. It's a strawberry pie. It's a pie of all my fears and anxieties. It's a, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. pie. Pizza is similar. You can just like roll out some bread and be like, well, some bread dough and be like, Here's some a pineapple and ham. Controversial, I know. Here's some tomatoes and olives. Here's some 
the flesh of my firstborn child. That one was a little weird. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> I've been in quarantine too long. Yeah. Um, you know, they're kind of similar in like function and versatility, but I just prefer pastry over bread. Mm-hmm. I just, there's something about that flaky. Sure. Mm. And like tomato sauce isn't really my jam. And like, I never put tomato sauce on my pizzas, but I know when people like think of pizza, it's like, ooh, tomato sauce, cheesy. Also, I'm lactose intolerant. That might be an influencing <laughs> factor. Right. But yeah, you know, pies have it. Pies have it. As a kid, I was allowed pie for breakfast. It was like our cheat breakfast because my mom was like, it's fruit and it's grains. Hell yeah. Eat the pie for breakfast. <laughs> and then if we were lucky, we'd get ice cream as like our dairy pie. <laughs> My parents are great at parenting, okay? Mom's just a little depressed. It's fine. You know what? I I am all for that. I think pie as a breakfast is underrated. I, I think that's fantastic. It's so good. It's so good. And then like like savory pies for dinner. Yeah. It's a it's mwah. like one of the favorite things my dad makes is it's like after like Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner, we take basically all of the leftovers and we just shove them between pie crusts and bake them. And I could sit there and eat a whole turkey pie. Just like eat the whole thing in one go. Hell yeah. That sounds great. He always makes the second one for me. <laughs> like even after I moved out, he was like, yeah, there's two turkey pies and there's one in the freezer for you. And I was like, yes. <laughs> Thank you, Dad. That's the best. I love that. Yeah. I mean, when I think of like pies versus pizza, this is a tough one for me because I think like I would maybe miss pizza more if I like had to cut one of these out of my diet entirely. But from a like I think just just from a perspective of like it is a food that I go to a lot but if I was told like you know now having cut pizza out of your diet pie will cost you the exact same amount of money and or effort as pizza then I would be like okay fine screw it forget about pizza because I think the only reason I go to pizza so much is because it's easy you know yeah it's easy and it's like cheap for a large portion usually yeah but like pie is definitely like more exciting, more versatile. And it feels homier. Like pizza, yeah. you're like, oh, I got my, like, unless it's like a nice homemade, like, clay oven fired pizza, you're like, oh, yeah, I got myself, like, junk food. Whereas, like, pie, even though it's a dessert, like, even if it's store bought pie, it still has a, like, homey feel and it, like, looks nice. And, like, I'm telling y'all, pastry is not that hard to make, but people are mad impressed by it. Right. And then you throw in a little fancy design, you have somebody over for a first date, you bring out homemade hand pies to a picnic. I did that once on like a fourth date. Man's was shook. <laughs> yeah, I mean, picnic basket unpacked the whole thing. I was like, oh, and these are some handmade hand pies. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, yeah, like I'm, I'm someone who is like scared of pastry dough. Like I, I'm not. It can sense your fear. That's why it's not working. Yeah. Like, we've talked about this before, how, like, I'm a confident cook, but I'm not a confident baker. And, like, I did want to, I wanted to kind of dedicate some time to, like, getting better at baking this year. And then, like, as soon as 2020 hit, my partner, Teffer, suddenly, like, had to start cutting gluten out of their diet. And I was like, well, (laughs) that's uh, an extra layer on top of that. Because, like, you can do gluten-free baking, but let's be honest, like... It's not good. And uh, <laughs> I've just Honestly, been like not, you know, working with it as much as I was going to. So I'm still scared of pastry. That's fair. As someone who's done a decent amount of, of gluten-free baking, both professionally and just like for friends, everything except like pastry crust is pretty easy to replicate non-gluten. Mm-hmm. But I haven't found an alternative flour that gets you that flaky shiznit the same way. Right. It's just it's that... So I'm working on it. If I figure something out, I will let you know. Please do, yeah. Because I, I would love to, like, get into that. But it's just harder to motivate myself to, like, get into baking when, like, the other adult in my house can't eat 
the stuff unless I make it gluten free, and then it's like, I don't know. Like, I love gluten. It's that's, hard. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. I've always had these conversations with people who are like, gluten free cooking so hard, vegan cooking is so hard, and like, obviously it's a challenge, especially if it's not like a diet you're used to following. But like, you have to stop thinking of it as replacing gluten with something else or flour or like vegan things mm-hmm. and it's more just like okay how do I work with other ingredients and it's just right. kind of like shifting your brain and being like okay this is a different kind of cooking that I'm learning and experimenting with totally that's, yeah that works for me at least I'm not saying it's gonna work for everybody <laughs> no that's it and and like it is definitely like just a mental block more than anything it's like I know objectively it's not that much more difficult to make something with like gluten-free flour than with like gluten-full flour but like hasn't been developed or explored as much yeah exactly and uh like i i bought a gluten-free like one-for-one all-purpose flour except that i Mm. accidentally didn't buy the one-for-one i bought the regular all-purpose that is different which is confusing they're next to each other on the shelf at the grocery store Um, but one bag is like buy this if you are not like you know trying to make something like thick with it and you just need like you know a flour substitute and the other is like this one also gives you that nice like textural thing that you're actually looking for and i don't know why (laughs) like i don't know why they both exist when one is so clearly the better option uh but i bought the worse option so you know (laughs) live and learn yep the one for ones are actually pretty good like that's what we used at the bakery i worked at Mm. and they were like the donuts we made could barely tell the difference yeah i do the one for ones like they're a little pricier but if you don't feel like being a scientist and figuring out how much of whatever the fuck guarthar gum to put in for your <laughs> like yeah just buy the one for one mix they work yeah exactly that's it we, we were trying to make um corn fritters like maybe a month ago at this point and uh you know, I bought the the gluten-free all-purpose flour thinking, like, this will be a good substitute for the all-purpose flour in this recipe. Um, but I got the one that doesn't have anything, like, sticky to it. And so, like, right. it just wasn't, like, creating an actual batter. Like, it just, like... crumbly. Yeah, the mixture just stayed liquid. And I was like, no matter how much of this flour I put in here, nothing's going to change. And then I realized <laughs> we had some tapioca flour in the cupboard. So we, like, used that oh, a little yeah. and it, like, thickened up a little bit. But definitely we just needed xanthan gum that we didn't have. And I was like, okay, cool. So so, uh, why did I buy this? <laughs> Learning experience? Yeah. <laughs> That's why every mistake I make during quarantine, I'm like, it was a learning experience. Exactly. It was a hands-on, practical, <laughs> kinesthetic learning experience, which I was not granted as a child, so I'm making up for it in my 20s. There cool. we go. There we go. Yeah. Everything is about compensating for the failures of our parents. <laughs> the oversight. Like, my parents are great. I'm going to say, like, the oversight. Oversight is a better, parents. yeah, that's a more generous way to put that, for sure. And, you know, the societal um, consequences of capitalism and aggressive individualism. Yeah. <laughs> All my trauma is rooted in capitalism and colonialism, which are, like, the same thing, actually. So, there yeah, we go. I feel that. So, much, so often when I'm thinking about one of those two things, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, oh, and that's a direct result of the other. Interesting. Well, yeah, you can't support a capitalist system without colonialism behind it, providing the resources, the cheap labor, the exploitation of lands and peoples. It's They're the same thing. Yep. Yep. The two-headed monster that I plan to decapitate and burn to the ground. Yeah. yeah. I hope there's no 
government officials listening to this podcast. Oh my god, they don't seem like a target audience, so I think I'm good. Yeah, we're we're probably good on that one. I um I haven't told you this yet. I haven't told my listeners this yet either, unless uh, they saw my tweets. But I'm uh I'm I'm looking into going back to school this year. Um, which is wild because I am so anti-academia, but um, <laughs> I realized I would really like to like very, very gradually work toward like becoming some kind of like authority on like food history or like the sort of sociology around food. Um, and, uh, you know, the way to do that is to read a whole lot of books and I'm not someone who likes reading enough to do it uncredited so I might as well get a degree out of it right and uh so I'm like looking into like you know what my options would be to like you know there's no bachelor's program for that at like Concordia or whatever um so you have to do a bachelor's and then like you can do your master's in like food history uh and I was like okay like my my obvious options here are history maybe journalism and like maybe communications and then I thought about it more and I was like well if I do journalism or communications the kind of people who are going to be hiring me and like looking at the work that I'm doing are probably not going to love how often I tweet about wanting to like bash in the premier of Quebec's head with a baseball bat. But if I'm just a historian, no one's going to be checking my Twitter. So I'm uh, going to be applying to a history bachelor's this year. Hey, that's a city. I'm also like, doing the whole, like, well, I'm sitting around. School's cheap in Quebec. I mean, as well go back to school. That's so. it. I'm like, I know that like the CRB is going to run out eventually, and I'm going to have to find some other source of like government mooched income. <laughs> so I might as well get some student loans. And uh, I I know like when you're a parent, like student aid is fantastic. Also, so like might yeah, as well, okay. you know, might as well take advantage. Yeah, and then all we have to do is like destroy the current establishment before you have to pay them back, and they just poof gone. No that's, worries. That's exactly it. This is a small scale way to fight. You know, whatever. <laughs> Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So until UBI is implemented, and then we get all the, it all back, whatever. Exactly, exactly. It, oh, it passed the vote in the convention of something. I got an email about it, so it's like it's being talked about. It is being it's talked taking about. Taking little baby bureaucratic political steps, but it's it's in there. Yeah, we'll get some version of it in the next like couple of years, maybe hopefully. Yeah, I just hope I qualify. Yeah. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see what happens. Oh, I miss you. I miss having a friend who's as like <laughs> burn it all down as I am. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, set up just some anarchy shenanigans when we can see each other in person again. Yeah. And I'll teach you gluten free baking. Perfect. Win-win. <laughs> the winning combination: anarchy and gluten free baking. It's what my dream world is built on. <laughs> oh man, fantastic. Okay, so dumplings and pies. Thank you. Yep. So we'll see what happens with the uh, with this round. But I'm uh, I'm very excited that like this means that at the very least there is a chance that dumplings will move forward into the yeah. semifinals. Uh, it's not a. I miss doing it in studio when I could fight people. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was thinking about it, and I was like, on the one hand, like it is a whole lot easier to get the judges like unfiltered individual opinions in this uh, in this format. I give you that, anyways. Yeah, but like I feel like. With the old format where it was like in person roundtable, if there was a tie, it would like it would get swayed by whoever was angrier, you know? Yeah, true. You'd know who the tie was and like you'd be like, hmm. You hear other people's reasoning. Yeah. Whereas this way it's like a little bit more like everyone actually just like says their piece and we see what happens, which feels more like a democracy. Not that democracy is great, but I don't know. Yeah, what happened to our voting reform, Trudeau? Huh? Huh? 
Oh, man. Uh, do you have anything you want people to check out before I let you go? Uh, no. I'm working on some things, but they're going to be a while till they're out in the open, I think. Fair enough. So, Do you have any final words of wisdom about dumplings, pies, or uh, <laughs> anarchy? Eat dumplings, find love, um, burn the system, don't respect your MPs, they're garbage. Preach. Anyways, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. <laughs> This episode of Up for Discussion is brought to you in part by StockAt. StockAt is a brand new secondhand art supply store, aiming to be a sustainable source for creative materials, to make art accessible to everyone, and to offer creative solutions for items that normally just get tossed after use. Whether you're an artist who's passionate about sustainability, or a student who needs some art supplies on the cheap, StockAt is here to help. Check them out at StockAtShop.com and get free shipping on all orders through April 30th, 2021. And get 20% off your next order if you donate your own used supplies. Go to StockAtShop.com to find out more, or hit the link in the description of this episode for ease of access. Hey, it's the mid-roll! If you're enjoying the show so far, make sure to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on so that you never miss a new episode. While you're at it, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend. For every new rating and review I get during the month of April, I'll be donating $2 to The Depot, my local food bank here in Montreal. They can turn every $1 into $3, which means that your free rating and review does $6 of good for a family in need. That's crazy math. You should do it. You can read about everything that The Depot is doing at the link in the description below. This is the final week for our network's big Indiegogo campaign. We're in the home stretch. We made it. At the time of recording, we've raised just under $3,600, which is amazing. We've far surpassed our original goal. But there's still a few days left to donate and get some rad perks. And every dollar we make off this thing will go a long way toward helping us do lots of awesome projects here for years to come. Right now, we're trying to hit a stretch goal of $3,750 so that we can launch a summer internship program to train and pay someone in our community to learn the ins and outs of podcasting, and to give them the tools they'll need to produce their own show going forward. Want to help us raise that last chunk of money? It's like less than $200 at this point. I think it's like 150 163 I think, if my math is right. You can help us raise that last $163. Go donate! There's some amazing perks available to donors, including guest spots on this very show. If you've got even a buck to spare, hit the Indiegogo link in the description of this episode and go donate. <laughs> A lot of the perks that hadn't been claimed yet have been reduced to super low rates for the final week of the campaign, so you should definitely go check it out, even if you looked at it already before, to see if any of the new prices or any of the new perks grab your eye. Catch your eye? Get your attention? Are exciting for you, is the sentence. Anyway, fans of this show might like the $12 perk where you can request a bonus episode reviewing a local restaurant, which is a great way to, you know, support the restaurant industry in Montreal <laughs> by kind of giving them some publicity. Um, you also might like the $50 perk where you can commission a feature-length deep dive episode exploring the ins and outs of a food of your choice in, like, way greater detail than usual. Like, I'm going to do research and, like, write a bunch of stuff. Um, or maybe you'll like the $35 perk where you can punish me by forcing me to watch a movie because I don't like watching movies, and then I'll have to, like, review it on here as a bonus episode, which is a little off-brand for a food podcast, but you know what? Punishing me's not. Some food is punishment. <laughs> and of course, if money is tight, which is super fair, we also have a really great referral contest going where you can get over $200 in perks just by getting your friends to donate on your behalf. So you can feel free to message me for info about that if you need help getting it set up. And remember that by the time this episode comes out, I think there's two, maybe three days left to donate. So if you are at all interested in claiming any of those perks, you're going to want to act like right now. You're going to want to do this as quickly as humanly possible at the Indiegogo link in the description of this episode. All right, let's get back to the show. 
my second guest on this week's episode of Up for Discussion, Munch Madness, is none other than Billy F. You've heard him on the show before. He came by to record an episode about, oh no, what was it called? The Vienna Congress. There we go. He came by to record an episode about the Vienna Congress not that long ago, uh, toward the end of 2020. Uh, you might know him as a musician. You might know him as a writer. I know him as one of my absolute favorite people in the whole world. Billy, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. That's such a, a nice thing to say. <laughs> I was realizing the other day that like, when I think about people who like, I admire their work and I also enjoy them like socially. You're like, there's not like a ton, but you're on that list. So, Aww, so much. So of course, you know, you know why you're here. We know why you're here. It's time to get into the voting. We're in the quarterfinals. Hell yeah, baby. <laughs> the first matchup that we're looking at today is uh, last year's runner-up garlic versus uh, this year's 10th seed dumplings. Who are you voting for and why? I'm going with garlic. Okay. What what are you going to do without garlic? Like, no, <laughs> I, I can't think of very many cuisines in the world that have not at least later on adopted garlic. It's uh, it's one of my favorite tastes. I don't know why people hate it so much. Like, garlic <laughs> breath, whatever, man. Give it to me. Yeah, garlic for sure. Also, like, you can't really make dumplings without garlic, so... I mean, you know, yeah. f- fair enough. I uh, I will say, as a person with a mild garlic allergy, even I would have trouble voting against garlic on this one. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But also, I, I feel like maybe people don't um know how to properly like use garlic for and because it's not supposed to be like it's supposed to be a very um mellow taste you know what i mean Hmm. Uh, of course like raw garlic is one thing and and it definitely has its uses but i know that like and that's especially true in europe but i mean most uh fine dining restaurants will usually like blanch their garlic to sort of like it kills part of the enzyme that uh, that attacks your stomach. Mm. Once you have uh, an icky tummy after you eat too much garlic. Um, and also, yeah, it just has like a mellower taste and goes if you confit it in the oven uh, for, you know, over a long period of time, um, it just sort of disintegrates and it takes on this whole other like nutty, deep, rich flavor. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. Like thinking about it in terms of cooked versus raw, I have found that even with my like my like mild allergy or you know intolerance to it, whatever you want to call it, I uh, I find that in when it's been cooked into something, it hits me a little bit less. And like I like the flavor of garlic. I I really like my issue has never been with the flavor. It's really more just been with like the the way that it makes me feel afterward, right? And you alluded to like the you know. What did you say? Icky tummy. Um, And for me, it's like, it's icky tummy. It's like scratchy throat. Like I definitely have some kind of allergy, but I find that if I've cooked it into something and maybe it is because that enzyme gets cooked out, but like it doesn't hit me nearly as hard. Um, The problem of course, is that like the most delicious, you know, garlic I have access to easily is like the garlic sauce that they put on like Lebanese food. Right. And like, I just have to not eat that because every time I eat that, I feel horrible afterward. And that's, that's been a loss for me. Yeah. Well, I I don't think anyone feels particularly great. (laughs) But yes, I mean the, the, Bustan garlic sauce yeah. is literally like crack to me. Yeah, I it's like it's so delicious. Much. I will sometimes just deal with it because because you need it on those potatoes, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like <laughs> I'm I'm also allergic to a number of things, but there are times where I'm like, you know what, man, I'm just gonna <laughs> with the devil. That's it. Live a little bit, you know. Yeah. 
if you've got to die, you might as well die deliciously. Yeah, actually, I just um, so I've never tried like truffles before. This is a you, this tangent will make sense in a minute. Um, <laughs> and I was at the grocery store yesterday picking up like you know a bunch of stuff we needed. And I've been trying this thing this year where every time I go to the grocery store, I intentionally buy something I've never bought before. And you know sometimes it's just buying a new brand of something that I'm used to because mm-hmm. I'm not feeling inspired, but. This week, I looked in the, like, section of our grocery store that's, like, you know, all the kind of weird sauces, uh, all the sort of flavored ketchups and flavored mayos and things, and there was a jar of truffle aioli, and it was on sale, and I said, all right, I don't know if I like truffles, (laughs) I don't know that I've ever actually had an aioli, let's give this a shot. Um, I super didn't like it. (laughs) It was... Well, okay. So truffle aioli is a whole other thing. I mean, as you know, truffles are very expensive, and there's a good reason for that. Yeah. Because <laughs> you can't get them all the time. They have to, yeah, they just, they, they have to be fresh. So a lot of those are, um, they're usually like, they'll keep one like black truffle with a bunch of other mushrooms, just like white button mushrooms or something similar, Mm -hmm. just to impart flavor on those mushrooms. Interesting. And basically, like, the white button mushrooms take on the flavor of of the black truffles. Right. And then they will just sort of, like, blend that with olive oil and then use that and call it truffle paste. Hmm. And then the sauce-making companies use that in the in like the truffle aioli so what did you not like about it yeah uh, so i'm not sure that it was the truffle side of it specifically i so so anyone who follows me on instagram might have seen this i jokingly posted a photo of the you know truffle aioli in its fancy black jar next to a box of pogos you know breaded breaded hot dogs on a stick and uh i was like should i do this should this be my lunch today is this a food crime or fine dining and um I heated up my pogo in the microwave, and while it was heating up, I was like, all right, let's see how this goes. And I, like, tasted the aioli because I wanted to make sure that I liked it before committing to it. And, like, I think it was just just aggressively garlicky for me. Like, I, I all I tasted was just a powerful amount of garlic, and it tasted a little off as well. And I think that the, the tasting off was maybe just the flavor of the truffle because that was a little bit, like, new to me. Um, but, like, just the 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 aggression of the garlic was too much, you know? Do you remember what brand? Are we allowed to talk shit about brands on, on this podcast? You know, I think I think it's okay to talk shit about a product from a brand that yeah. you otherwise like, you know? I really, it, it was President's Choice Truffle Aeolia, and I really uh, like President's Choice, like, most of the you time, know you know? I do, too. Yeah. I do, too. I worked at Loblaws for such a long time. <laughs> I mean, I, I learned that there's nothing wrong with President's Choice. Yeah. Um, but I just didn't I mean, like this aioli. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, see, like, that's that's the kind of thing I'm against, black truffle aiolis. No, absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> now, here, I, I will make sure that everyone understands why this is so complicated. Not only are they cutting a tree outside, not only is someone asking me for information, but our recently adopted dog just barges in because he is a huge pit bull, and, like, he doesn't... He can literally just, like, with his head, bang his way, like, <laughs> breaking my doorknob into my room all the goddamn time. 
So I'm very sorry. That's okay. I apologize okay. if I sound distracted. That's totally fine. Uh, all that being said, if anybody listening to this lives in NDG and wants a jar of mostly unused but open <laughs> President's <laughs> Choice truffle aioli, hit me up. I, uh, I'm not going to yeah. eat it. But so also, I'm like, I'm kind of mad with what people are calling aioli these days. I'm venting right now. Sure, okay. go for it. So there was a time when I was a young cook where, <laughs> where like, uh, an aioli had to be made a certain way. It wasn't just like, these days people just throw garlic in mayo and they're like, aioli. Right. No, 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 no. Real aioli has to be made in... Um, has to be made in like a pestle and mortar. Okay. Three cloves of garlic, maybe a couple of like pine nuts if you'd like, or I've seen a lot of people add just like one single fillet of black anchovy, mm -hmm. and you crush all of that until it becomes a beautiful paste, and then you slowly, slowly mount it with olive oil. You don't need an egg in there. I don't know why people keep adding eggs to their aioli. That makes <laughs> just a garlic mayonnaise. They're two completely different things. Right. That's it. That's all I had to say. That's, That's fair. I. About it. It's funny. Teffer, Teffer has the same complaint anytime somebody makes an aioli on the Food Network because it's inevitably like, yeah, it's inevitably right. just a garlic mayo. And then Guy's yeah, like, I love this aioli. Part of her family's from the south of France. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so garlic. You're voting garlic for this first round. That's fair. Yeah. I uh yeah, like I said, I, I would have voted I would have voted dumplings, I think, but I would have voted dumplings only because of my garlic intolerance. Mm. Like I think the garlic definitely like goes further. I just have a personal vendetta where I'm like, I don't want you to go forward because you hurt my body. Yeah. Let's go to the quarterfinal uh quarterfinal matchup number four, the last match of our uh, quarterfinals. <laughs> That's how that works, is between uh, last year's third seed, so one of our semifinalists who didn't make it to the final, Pies, against uh, sixth seed, Pizza. What are you thinking? Mm. Wait, let me like fully, okay, say it again, just to make sure that I fully understand, because the way, the way you say things matters a lot. Like I focused on pizza mm -hmm. and not on everything else around. Sure. So, so the competitors are Pie and Pizza. Oh, Oh, that's a really hard one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and bear in mind, like, these can both mean whatever they mean to you. So, like, you can look yeah. at it just as dessert pie or as including savories. You can look at pizza, including flatbread, not including flatbread, deep dish, thin crust. Everything's on the table that you want to be on the table. This is this is as subjective as it needs to be for you. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that makes it harder or easier, but... It, it, yeah, it definitely makes it harder. Um... <laughs> Well, because, okay, so the thing is, I was sort of a late comer to pizza, I guess. Like, sure. I, I always had pizza, but, like, a true deep appreciation of pizza came, like, later on in my life. Huh. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go with pie. Okay. I am reluctantly going with pie. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, as a proud Keb, like, I could not choose pizza over tortier, for example. Sure. You know, that would make me lose my my street cred. Um, and also, like, pies. I'm not a big dessert person. Mm. Um, like, I, my parents never bothered buying me birthday cakes because they knew I wouldn't eat them. Uh, so it's always been pies for me. Okay. Uh, my grandmother's pies uh, will haunt my dreams for the rest of my life. Um, <laughs> Wait, in a good way or a bad way? No, in a like 
amazing way. Well, I mean, <laughs> I guess I sort of like because the worst thing that could happen is that like my grandmother sees one of my pies and thinks that it's not good. Okay, because yeah. <laughs> she is she is the pie queen, <laughs> and she also like she's the one who taught me how to make it, right. and she was just like. Yo, you can do anything with pie. You know, like she grows rhubarb and blueberries and strawberries and raspberries in her garden. And she just tosses all of that together, throws it in the pie. And uh, it's amazing. Oh, I love that. Um, yeah. Like I never thought of, when I was younger, I never really thought of pie as being like a seasonal thing that could constantly like evolve. Mm. But it's, it's such a, I mean, the one thing I always have in my fridge is 100% like real butter frozen pie dough that's just ready to go for like whatever I want to make whether it's a pie quiche a fucking meat pie like anything sweet yeah I love that I I think it's absolutely right that like pies are (laughs) I mean I guess by virtue of being a dessert but also being something you can make savory just really really easily and also even when they're dessert you can kind of like toe the line a little bit and like have a kind of savory dessert pie you know? Yeah. yeah I, I think I would absolutely also have voted for pie. So uh, I feel that there's, there's a real, there's a real versatility to it and a real comfort to it that like, no matter how much I love pizza, I do think pie is just like a little bit more special, you know? Yeah, it definitely is. And it's funny that you just spoke about like savory dessert pies. Cause I tried one last week that like, I don't even know where it's from. Like, I think it's probably like a Momofuku, recipe that like my brain interpreted badly that I saw on <laughs> menu like 10 years ago sure. but um, they were doing like burnt miso burnt miso apple pie sort of thing okay. and then I, I made some last week I had like miso and I just burnt the fuck out of it <laughs> and then uh, took a couple of apples cooked like, ha- like par cooked uh, part of them with like butter and maple and uh, mix them with like the other raw apples, put them in my frozen pie shell, cracked some of the uh, burnt miso on top, and it was the best pie I've ever made. It was so good. That sounds amazing. Yeah. 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 I think for me, like the the kicker for me with pie is like for a dessert pie to really hit the spot for me, it needs to have like more butter than anything else almost. Like I really like yeah. uh, my, my kind of favorite pie is, is a pie that you could almost call a cake, you know, Rockaberry. Yeah. Yeah. So I love Rockaberry, but my favorite of their pies is the apple crumble. That's like not quite a cheesecake in the way that all the other pies they have are, but is actually a little bit closer to a pie. Um, but their crumble topping is like these thick, like, just cooked through clumps of of crumble that's like super buttery super delicious and uh i could just i could eat that for every every meal's dessert and be happy for the rest of my life you know mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah. i think a perfect it is a perfect balance for me i don't know but also pizza fire oh yeah and i guess uh, i guess pizza is a kind of pie yeah that's oh, it. You can... No, I, I shouldn't say that. Like we're gonna get so much hate mail now. You know what? You can you can wrap pizzas into pie, and feel better about voting pizza out of the tournament because exactly. pizza counts Plus, as a pie. You know. In my head, I'm like thinking Chicago style pizza, which everyone hates on. But like, yo, let people make pizza like however they feel. Like, 
<laughs> I feel that. I, uh, as a person who uh, likes pineapple on their pizza and isn't ashamed of that, I, uh, I definitely feel the just let people eat their pizza however they want, you know? Yeah, that I'm still not okay with. But <laughs> actually, no. Um, I mean, the thing is, I, see, I'm allergic to pineapple. So... Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're allowed to, you're allowed to not like pineapple. But I wasn't allergic always allergic to pineapple. Oh, okay. <laughs> Dog's back? Dog is back. How did you know? <laughs> hey, Gucci, get out of here. Your dog's name is Gucci? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, Should I love that. <laughs> um, and funny thing, like, so me and my roommate, we, we live, like, next to the canal. Okay. And we walk in there all day, and, of course, like, these two tatted boys show up with like a big ass bulldog named Gucci and everyone's like are you guys drug dealers <laughs> um but no that like that was his name when we got him at the SPCA <laughs> and we were just like of course it is that's amazing yeah oh yeah. I love that but, like either he used to belong to a drug dealer or a stripper those are like the two options we have in head for the <laughs> for the little backstory we decided to give him that's fair i mean i guess the trick is to like see how he responds to to just like single bills because <laughs> <laughs> wow. he responds favorably then he belonged to a stripper and if he responds a little aggressively he belonged to a drug dealer it's it's, yeah. it's science well, most dogs go crazy when you smoke weed around him around them but okay. he doesn't so mm. clearly he was he's seen some shit <laughs> uh, yeah well I'm glad uh, I'm glad he's with your guys now and you know enjoying himself. Yeah, we have like a group chat with uh, a bunch of the girls from the SPCA who like want to vape on him. <laughs> okay. Yeah, That's I can't amazing. believe anyone abandoned him. Listen, I'm I'm gonna shame people. I I, I don't okay. feel like anyone who listens to the podcast uh, does that because I feel like you guys are. I have to say, you guys are a community of outstandingly nice people. Like I see how much you all interact on social media, and it's so beautiful to see like the beautiful community you guys have uh, have put together. It's extremely inspiring. Yeah. Thank you. I, I that's that's been one of the goals for me over the years. So I'm glad that that comes across. And that, yeah, mm-hmm. I hope I hope that nobody listening to this is the kind of person who would abandon a dog. That's uh yeah yeah. I haven't thought about that, but like yeah, I hope that's I hope that's true. <laughs> um, okay, so garlic and pies, sweet garlic and pies. Well, I'll tell you now. Uh, Jeremiah voted for dumplings, but also voted for pies. So I can confirm that pies are going forward to the semifinals, and uh, we'll find out what happens with. Uh, garlic versus dumplings when i call up a tiebreaker in a bit yeah so that's exciting um before i let you go do you have anything you want to plug anything you want people to check out any final words of wisdom or final uh condemnations of people who abandon their dogs well i mean i'll say what i always say everyone be nice to each other okay (laughs) now is not the time to be mean to people be nice to each other um make sure that everyone around you is eating well and often enough to sustain themselves. And um, my band and I have a new album out. It's called Tant qu'à y être. Uh, we recorded it over the internet uh, during the beginning, during uh, COVID part one, act one, <laughs> scene six, I guess, at this point. Sure. Um, and it's the first album we ever did in French. 
uh, but we're having like people from all over the world who actually took the time to listen to it, and they're like, we don't understand a thing, but we enjoy it. So uh, even if you don't speak French, uh, go check it out. My band's called Ragers, and the album is called Tancayetre, and knowing Tom, there will probably be a link in the description. You know there will be, because I, off the top of my head, wouldn't know how to spell that, so I'm not going to exactly. assume that my listeners who speak less French than me will. Tancayetre <laughs> means, like, <laughs> while you're at it. You know, we're like, oh, we're gonna be, we're gonna be stuck here, um, and we're not usually in Quebec. We've never recorded our, our all our albums are usually in English and recorded in LA. Mm. So you're like, eh, might as well. Nice. Yeah, okay, yeah, it means might as well. I love that. That's that's a good story to attach to it. That's what that's great. Well, hey, Billy, thank you so much. Always such a pleasure to talk to you. I'm sorry for all the technical <laughs> difficulties we had. That's totally um, fine. Don't I even hope, worry about it. I hope you guys were entertained. I'll uh, I'll get you back again real soon for a, a longer conversation. Please. Sweet. All right. Take care. Enjoy your dog and enjoy your weekend. Thank you. Love you, buddy. Love Bye, you. everyone. See ya. So there you have it, folks. Thanks to Billy's vote, we now know that pies are moving on to the semifinals. But we need a tiebreaker to determine the winner between garlic and dumplings. So I am calling up my good friend, my sort of co-host on this show, my co-host over on Natural Toonie, the one, the only, David Hall. David. Hello. How you doing? I'm doing good. Am I voting on garlic and dumplings that's right oh you have the responsibility of deciding which of the two moves forward to the semifinals what if i moved both of those to the semifinals and just took away pie (laughs) (laughs) david you know full well that's not how tournament brackets work damn it um (laughs) god that's tough oh man how dare you do this to me? This is going to require some actual thinking and I, justifications. I find this one tough, and I have a garlic allergy. See, garlic is great and goes in everything, but garlic is just garlic. Dumplings can be many things, and there are many ways of preparing dumplings. I use garlic more, but I also would put garlic in dumplings. <laughs> so this is tricky. What is I'm gonna I'm gonna ask ask the question, but what is the goal of this tournament now? The, what am I what do I gotta what do I gotta really what are what mm-hmm. rubric benchmarks am I hitting? So the goal of this tournament is to crown the best food of twenty twenty one. So <laughs> in terms of what rubrics you're hitting, I I have designed this in a way where by not having the people who are voting in the same room during the votes it's entirely subjective right it's entirely up to the person who's casting the vote which feels the truest to like the random variables that can exist in an actual sport where like you know any given game like what if Colin Kaepernick hurts his thumb like right before playing like you know you can't predict that necessarily so he might lose what if um a basketball player uh cuts his leg while shaving it that morning do basketball players shave their legs probably not but what if one of them was shaving his leg that morning for the first time and cut it and it kind of throws off his game the whole day that is a variable you can't predict so by having each person you know vote on what those things mean to them you know dumplings might mean something different to you than it means to another person voting and that is part of the beauty of this tournament so uh so really, your goal here is to just decide for me if you like garlic more than you like dumplings or the other way around. Okay. I'm, I have to do some deep soul searching right sure. now. Sure. Search deep within yourself. 
Because when it comes to food and cooking, mm-hmm. there are two benchmarks that I strive for. I strive for the thing tasting good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But also, is this fun to cook with? Mm. Is this fun to cook? Will I have a good time not only in the eating of it, but in the making of it? Right. Garlic can sometimes be a prissy bitch. <laughs> sure. <laughs> only sometimes. But if you take care of it and you don't burn it, you're good. Mm-hmm. Dumplings taste good, but also can be a prissy bitch. Right. If you're making them by hand. But the thing about it, I think it is more rewarding to wind up with good dumplings than it is to make a dish with garlic in it. Because mm. on some level, garlic is cheating. Garlic <laughs> cheats its way up this leaderboard by just being something that is just naturally good. Mm-hmm. To get good dumplings, you got to work for them. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're making the uh, dough by hand, you got to like do make another thing to get the thing you want. Mm. And then you have to decide on fillings. You have to decide how you want to cook the damn thing. Do you want to fry them? Do you want to steam them? Do you want to bake them? I've done all these things and probably have included garlic in all of the fillings I've used ever. <laughs> <laughs> so I think mm-hmm. by merit alone, I will give it to dumplings. Okay. Because garlic, I think... Garlic, you've had long enough in the culinary world to succeed. And hey, man, hey, garlic, you're good, but you're just naturally good. You're just mm-hmm. always going to be good. Let's let something else shine for a change. Let something surpass you. Just this, just this one time. <laughs> I love that. I find that really funny. The the difference between garlic and dumplings coming down to like one is one is almost like a seven foot tall basketball player where it's like you're inherently going to have an easier time with this because like you are like physically built for this you you can you know raise your hand above the net so dunking the ball will be easier for you than like you know for mugsy bogues but then the dumplings are mugsy bogues where they're like you know not predisposed to being fantastic at basketball but they work really hard and once they pay off they're wonderful i'm gonna remember them a whole lot longer than i'm gonna remember Taco Fall, a tall guy who is tall. <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing. It's just like you got some people in the world who are just naturally really good at things. And they don't really have to work for it. And, okay, that's cool. You, you've met your success. But the people who strive harder and work a lot harder and put the hours in to the grind of however many hours it is to master a craft, I'm going to respect them more because they had a journey. (laughs) I don't know what I'm saying anymore. (laughs) This whole bit got away from me a little bit. No, but I think, I think that's reasonable. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Okay. Well, you just, you just voted. This is the second upset of the year because uh, last week pasta, who was last year's champion was knocked out by rice. And this year, you just knocked out the runner-up with dumplings. Which means, last year's finalists are both out of the tournament after the quarterfinal round. And both got knocked out by, like, dishes slash ingredients that, like, hail from Asia. Which I think is really, really interesting. I mean, rice hails from, like, a shitload of places. But, like, 
Asian food and rice go hand in hand, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think this is really, really interesting to see the, uh, to see how this kind of change has come about this year. I'm excited. Hell yeah. Cool. And I'm happy to provide uh, the upset and root for the underdogs that <laughs> truly deserve a lot more credit. Yeah. And oh, this is the, so exciting. And again, I would reiterate my my position to say that if this was up against Pi, Pi can get the fuck out of Dodge. <laughs> well, my follow-up question is always to ask my, my guest or my tiebreaker what they would vote for in the next round, but you just did that by telling me that Pi can get the fuck out of here. So you want to see dumplings in the finals. I want dumps in the finals, man. All right. I just want to see my dumps grow. I want to <laughs> see my... I want to see what my steamy dumps can bring to the table. David, I believe in the power of your steamy dumps, and I look forward to seeing what they can bring to the table. Do you want to plug anything before I let you go? Nah, I'm good. I'm oh. super tired. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and I'll uh, talk to you on Tuesday. <laughs> I'll see you then, bud. <laughs> All right. So there you have it, folks. <laughs> the tie has been broken. We have dumplings moving forward to the semifinals along with pies, which means that our four semifinalists, our final four for this year, are eighth seed rice, fifth seed cheese, 10th seed dumplings, and third seed pies. Pies being the only semifinalist from last year to make it forward to the semifinals again this year. Will pies rise to the top and become this year's champion? Will one of the underdogs become this year's champion? Is cheese going to have its time in the limelight? Probably not. Limelight? Spotlight? I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Anyway, very exciting. Cannot wait to see how it all goes down. Thank you so much for listening to Up for Discussion. Do you have strong feelings about how any of these matchups shook up, shook down, shook out? <laughs> Tell me all about it on Twitter and Instagram at DownWithTalking or at TomZalatni. If you like this episode and want to help me make the show even better, you can head to Patreon.com slash Up for Discussion to donate. For as little as a dollar a month, you'd be joining the ranks of fine folks like Patrick, Gabriel, Kendall, and Carlea, Thomas, George, Poppy, Killian, Sarah, Angelica, Anne, Andrew, Laura, Erica, Chantal, and David. Our patrons get access to all kinds of rad perks, including the ability to request topics for episodes of the show during non-munch madness time. Uh, so go check that out again at patreon.com slash up for discussion. We also have merch and you can hit the merch link in the description of this episode to get all sorts of great stuff from our lovely friends over at TeePublic. And of course you can support the show for free by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice and by sharing this episode with a friend. Our theme music is by Zach Ingalls. Our cover art is by David Flam. You can find links for both of them as well as links to everything that Jeremiah, Billy, and David and I talked about in this episode in the description. Last but not least, the show is produced and edited by me, Tom Zalatni, as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at UpfordNetwork.com. See you next week for the semifinals. You understand. It just takes a little time. It takes a little time. It takes a little time. I'm October Jones, Hi, and this I'm is... I'm Fish With Legs. I'm a fish with legs. Fish. I'm the elemental creature of water. And I'm here to tell you about my podcast called October Jones and Fish With Legs. Starring me and my best friend... <laughs> October Jones. Nailed it. 
October and Fish is a fictional series that follows me and Fish with Legs as we try to stop an evil two-headed snake from releasing a terrible monster. And make friends and go on adventures and get captured a lot and escape a lot and encounter racism. And what? And learn very special lessons every third episode. I have not learned a single lesson. Yes, you did. We learned about being friends and authoritarianism and colonialism and how to defeat a giant crab. Authoritarianism? They're in authority for a reason, Fish with Legs. If everyone followed the rules set in place by the human government, then there wouldn't be- Fun for adults and kids. <laughs> New episodes on Mondays. You can find it wherever you find podcasts, and of course, on the Upford website. Okay, that's it. Bye! What Mega Man boss would make the most terrifying kaiju? I, for one, want to be the first to welcome our new kaiju overlords. How would Adam Sandler fit in the MCU? I injected myself with the Green Goblin serum. Oh! Debate This is a podcast that asks the questions about your favorite video games and comics that no one is asking. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you download podcasts. And on social media at Debate This Cast. None of it's that so is mind control. Though. It's so close. It's not it's, so close. It's, it's,